everybody, and thank you so much for listening to episode 21 of the Arizona Movie Club podcast. And my name is Tyler. I am your co-host, or I'm your host. I will be here every week as your host. Joining me, as he always will be, is my lovely co-host, Andy. What's going on, Andy? Hi there. I'm the co-host. Yeah, you're the co-host. That's me. You want to be host for a week? No. It doesn't look <laughs> all that glamorous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot more work than, than sometimes I want to do. I'm a little low energy, but I'm trying to keep up the energy. We're the Arizona Movie Club. Every week we come and we review two episodes or two movies that come out as two episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. You can count on it, except for this last week where it was up on Sunday. I'm so sorry, but I was close. This is the most scheduled and structured we've ever had. And if you have any suggestions for our next movie, you can go ahead and email us at azmovieclub at gmail.com. Again, that's azmovieclub at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at Arizona Movie Club. We are on the Twitter, and we'll try and get on the Facebook. I'm just saying everything is the uh, and the Snapchat and the YouTube. That's right. But if you have any suggestions for next week, you have to put those on pause for the following Wednesday and Saturday. Because next week is the start of summer. Well, not really, but you know what? Summer's not here. COVID sucks. But guess what? We're still doing some summer blockbusters, damn it. We don't do enough of those really here. We, we do a lot of artsy indie stuff. It's not a double director, but it is double Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Can we talk, call it a double episode, double feature? Maybe. No, I, we already did a double feature for last time. We're just, it's Hugh, Hugh Mania. I, I don't know. I'll come up with something fun you, to say. You can't be Hugh Mania. You've already got the title right there. <laughs> it's Hugh Mania <laughs> next week. And if you're wondering, what two Hugh Jackman movies are we doing? We're doing The Fountain. I've never seen that. That's the one Andy picked by Darren Aronofsky starring Hugh Jackman. Who else stars in it? Who's the like actress opposite? Uh, Rachel Weiss. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. good. And Logan, the twenty seventeen, not that actually didn't come out in summer. That was a spring release, but still a very good. Uh, and I have never seen film. Logan. I would have figured it was a summer blockbuster. Yeah, they did March. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah. we've mentioned I, I just don't see superhero movies, so Tyler's gonna try as he might to, to get to watch some. Force movies. you to watch more superhero movies than you'd like. I'm thinking of a if you're down for a stinker. Maybe. The Fantastic, or I mean, the Fantastic Four movie that was directed by Josh Trank, starred Miles Teller and Miles B. Jordan, is oh, infamously wow. awful in one of the few comic book movies I haven't seen. Oh, okay. So I was thinking that might be fun because it's supposed to be hot trash. Okay, we could break our rule because neither of us have seen it, but that would still be fun to probably trash. Oh, that's well, that's it's fine if neither of us have seen it. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. It's just that's somebody funny. has to have. We can't be a film that we both seen. That's the only real rule. We've got... It's episode 21. We're just figuring out our own rule. I bet. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fine. It's fine. It happens. So that is what we're going to be watching next week. Logan and the Fountain. If you think Fantastic Four is a good idea, if you'd like to hear about that train wreck and see us just roast a film, that'll be like our first mutual. We will probably hate it. That'll be fun. If you'd like to see that, get, let us know. Give us a comment. If it's hate speech, I don't, well, no, not hate speech towards marginalized people. <laughs> if it's just hating on me, then go for it. I really don't care. I just want to, I just want a fan email or a hater email. It'll be a thrill the first time, and then I'll probably hate you and block you after a little while. <laughs> and also holding up our promise, if you email us, we'll go ahead and we'll read it out loud on the ensuing podcast. All in Wednesday or Saturday. It'll be gone up again Wednesday, Saturday, guys. You'll be listening to this on Wednesday, and then we'll, that's when it'll go up. And then Saturday uh, will be the other. So I should probably have mentioned that a little bit earlier. I'm still working out the kinks for this intro, guys. We're talking about Mom and Dad starring Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair today. Oh, yeah. And we're also talking about Spectacular Now. That'll be going up on Saturday. That's got Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley. Two vastly different films with, like, zero audience. What are we doing? This is not how we work the algorithm. But yeah, there's not a lot of crossover between these two. For lack of a better, uh, for lack of a better transition, we'll go ahead and transition into a deep dive on Mom and Dad. Came out in 2018. It's free to watch on Hulu. Again, it stars Nicolas Cage doing some real Nicolas Cage shenanigans. Aging it up. And Selma Blair, like, where did her career go that she's oh, now no, reduced no, to no, this? She's great. she's great. No, I mean that's that's my point. Like, why are you in this? It's a real movie. Tentatively, barely. It's, I mean, it needed to be longer in a sense, but I also don't know what you add to it. The basic premise, ladies and gentlemen, if you, like me, had not seen this film, is essentially, it it says straight up in the description that it's unexplained, and it is very much unexplained, but there is like some kind of switch, some kind of trigger that is delayed for certain parents, 
but it essentially happens to everyone at some point, and the parents want to kill their kids. For 24 hours. And the kids have to escape. It's like the purge meets some kind of weird parental-only thing. Yeah. And if you're wondering, yes, this applies to parents' parents, so grandparents also would kill their kid. That becomes the fun little twist they have at the end. Spoiler alert for mom and dad. <laughs> Lance Hendrickson is in this movie. Spoiler alert. Andy, you said you have just... Wait, who? Lance Hendrickson is uh, his dad. He's a long uh, horror... Uh, he looks familiar. Yeah, he's okay. in tons of stuff. He's Pumpkinhead. He's a uh, uh, bishop from Aliens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. he's, he's in tons of stuff. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah. So they got him to play the dad. So yeah, every role was filled with somebody great. I have a million good things to say about this. I've been holding my excitement. I'm so glad we're talking about a Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, I have my, my, uh, I went through my entire, uh, uh, his filmography. I was telling Tyler before I wrote an Italian mark for every Nicolas Cage movie I've seen. And we're, it's a lot. We're, we're holding, gonna, we're holding that hostage we're gonna, towards the end. I'm going to reveal that at the very end. The bastards have to listen. <laughs> uh, but I love this one. I, I really wanted to do, talk about this movie for a long time. Well, you, you would you like me? I mean, I already basically that's the plot. That is, yeah. There is not, if, if you're a plot heavy uh, person, then, then this one might not be for you. It's pretty thin, and it's just about what you're what you're seeing. So it's Brian Taylor, the guy who directed this, and I don't know a ton of what he did other than the Neville Dean Taylor combo that does Crank and Crank, which I love those movies. The Jason Statham. Have you seen any, either of those? I'm familiar with the premise, and oh, I remember so fun. You also have to remember. I was uh, three or four years younger than you in the mid-aughts. Yeah, oh, that's right. And watched, like, half a Transporter film. And so I understand understand why Statham is cool, but it's weird because he never was, like, a true movie star. He always had this, like, be probably one of the last people, I feel like, that will have that, like, high-paying B-star career. But then he was able to kind of break into the A's a little bit. Yeah, like the Expendables, he got invited to the A's yeah. because he's doing like the Hobbs and Shaw. He's a yeah, big. that that really. I mean, I think Fast and the Furious really helped revamp his career. I don't have any positive or negative feelings towards Statham. Like, I think he's a solid action star as a real actor, but, <laughs> not as much. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So Brian Taylor, he did. They do all those. So they're they're really. If you've seen the Crank movies, which was what guy was talking about. Those they're really big on like destroying cameras. You know, little handy cams like. Crashing them into things for cool shots. Did, he, did they uh, did what? they uh, kill cameras for this? Not as much as I would have liked. So I guess that may have been more I didn't notice the Neville Dean side of the that that pairing. But a lot of the um, a lot of like really quick shots in this one that almost kind of function like lit books, like where you're seeing like still frames just moving hyper fast towards you. Oh, okay, that's like, what it was. They, they do a lot of that in Crank. So it was probably just their pairing. I, I guess I like the way Crank was directed a little bit more, just because it's a lot of. Uh, Again, the destroying of the cameras and stuff, which would have fit in perfectly in this movie. It was like one of my few knocks on it. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of like where to really start my feel. If you just want me to like back open how I feel, yeah, you've been pretty good for doing like your two to three minute recaps, and then I'll 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 hush while you do that, and then we'll kind of go into just the fun scenes of it. Yeah. Well, why do you want me to even recap more? I mean, I guess I can go a little more scene by scene than just the premise. But essentially, if you want to walk, where does it start then? So cold open with a mom getting out of her car and leaving a car on railroad tracks. And this is before the phenomena is explained. So if you didn't know the premise and you didn't watch the trailer, kind of a weird and jarring open for sure. Like, okay, what's going on? That's being played on the news, which I told Andy my one note for this movie was, the, the news is being played on a fucking portable DVD player. Yeah, I didn't even notice this. That. Mo- this movie was made in well, probably 2016 or 17, released in 2018. Why is there a portable <laughs> DVD player? Like, they don't even exist. I, I'm sure it was. It must have been a budgetary thing, or I mean, why? Why else would you? It's, it's weird. You don't like watch your news on DVD. Like just if it's an 18 inch like so- small little TV in the kitchen, that's been done plenty of times. I'm not gonna think that's weird. It was just such a weird pull to do, especially because those things haven't been relevant since the mid-aughts, early to mid-aughts. Why was it here? I don't, I don't know. To me, this movie was really weird. It felt very mid-aughts to 90s-ish. I, I got a lot of 90s vibes from this because it almost, it's weird because the premise makes it seem like, so it, in reality, it's like a dark, a very dark comedy slash Horror action, I mm-hmm. guess, is kind of or thriller action. That's, yeah, that's that's good. Is what he wants, but 
when you hear the premise and you see the name, it definitely, or even the trailer kind of gives it the vibe of, like, a kid's movie premise, you know? Like, mom and dad are against us. We've got to survive. But, and it's, like, actually really dark. They did a good job of making the violence implied towards children at least subtle. Yeah. Well, which yeah, you can't gonna... kill kids on camera. But exactly. I mean, like, it was less crass than I think it could have been. Mm-hmm. I guess I just didn't find a lot of humor in it. Oh, really? See, I, I think that just is if you're a big Nick Cage. The humor is 100% coming from Nick Cage in just about all the scenes. And he doesn't really do a whole lot until, like, 41 minutes and change. I kind of wrote down a timestamp. And then it's just pretty much all Cage, just unhinged for the second half of the movie. And I just think you either find humor in the way he does his performance or, or you don't like, I don't think, I mean, like, like we can get into the fun scenes and whatnot, but like I said to Emily and she is an avid Nick Cage hater. So this, so we're always like super divided when we watch Nick mm-hmm. Cage movies and it happens a lot, as you can imagine. And I just was the scene where he's like freaking out about the sun in the very beginning when, when it's kind of like starting to break down and he's like going off to work and the sun throws that ball at him. Yeah. And he's just that crazy, like death stare into mm. that like bizarro laugh. I was just like, tell me another person who could do that. Just like, ex- this, you know, we just show anyone who could do that delivery in this type of role, given the perfect thing and just given the chance to stretch their legs and just go for it. I don't think there's anybody that could have done this like he could. I I had no fault with Cage's performance. We should oh, establish that. No, it's, <laughs> I didn't hate it. It was just so weird. Tonally, it felt all over the place. I guess the, a good way to recap the plot without other than just the premise is like we see them kind of a day in the life. We see the, the mom and the dad. The dad goes to work. The mom goes to yoga or whatever. There's a weird affair plot going on where the mom tried to cheat on Nicolas Cage but broke down and cried. No, no, that wasn't what was happening. Yeah. No, she was just trying to get her job back. I I'm pretty sure she was trying to cheat no, on No, that was like her old boss. She was just trying to essentially have a career. That was, I, I thought, I just I love this movie. I, I thought every character's like their their motivations and things were, were hammered out. Like everybody had a life. Like it was clearly you're seeing everybody in the middle of their life. She is getting no respect from her kids or whatever. Her kids are just blowing her off. Yeah, but saying, I mean, you guys are my whole life. I don't want to do anything except to, you know, hang out with my kids. And that stuff is nothing. pretty standard boilerplate in the beginning. Sure, yeah, it's like, yeah. And then cut to like, okay, well, I'll try to get my career back. And she's like, you said I can come back and work here anytime I wanted to. And he's like, well, that's like 15 years ago. And she's like, well, yeah, that's the forever part. And he's just like, uh, I don't think that's going to work out. You're, you've got kids. You don't, you can't have a career. Why don't you take some classes? <laughs> just like keep yourself busy pretty much. Like you're not an active member. Yeah. But it's a, that's what I took to be anyway. Oh, okay. I thought she was trying to, to sleep with that man. Which we're trying to bring this up, and I, I can't, I won't let you ever escape Embrace of the Serpent. So that guy that she's talking to. Oh, okay, that guy, yeah. Is that her boss that she's talking to. I paused it, and I didn't recognize him the first time because I hadn't seen Embrace of the Serpent. He's one of the Western doctors that goes down the Amazon in Embrace of the Serpent. So, oh, shit, he's blowing up now. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, just, well, just deciding out there. This yeah. is 2018, so I don't know if he's blowing up. Like, we haven't seen him in anything since, so. Uh, it's gone. <laughs> You and your embrace of the serpent hype. Uh, you're finding a way to like leak it into every single podcast. I, I didn't have to shoot one. He was in that movie. It, it applies. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So it, I guess the motivations just felt half baked to me. Oh, really? So what I, was I thought Cage, they were pretty. Humorous. What was Cage's motive? Cage had the weirdest motivation of all, which was yeah, his midlife most, crisis. I thought that makes it the most obvious. Yeah. Or I don't know about weird. I think he oversold the midlife crisis because it seemed like he was already a psycho, and this happened what a month, weeks, however, what it, whatever determined indetermined period of time before all of this yeah, started. Yeah, like smashing the pool. It just in. yeah, it was like I I can't reiterate enough that I didn't hate it, but I was just like I wanted more. Of I guess the genre what you expect. I wanted more of the premise to unfold. It seemed like maybe for budgetary restrictions that you, you couldn't. There wasn't as much action as you would think. They create an intentional stalemate again for budgetary reasons, and it's like the chaos is a lot less widespread. I think the funnest scenes are probably the ones where they're at the school and the chaos breaks out yeah. at the school because. Like, this event is so, what isn't isolated. And mm-hmm. I know we're following around these protagonists for a reason, but I thought the most 
on scenes were kind of like, you know, the widespread ones. And sure, I think, where you're seeing like the panic and whatnot. But kind of to your point earlier, and I thought this was again how the movie did it was was great about it. They showed a few cool, creative ways of like parents going nuts and killing kids, but without like it being too over the top. It's like oh, garbage bag over the head or like car keys. You know, but you're just seeing like a shot of like the arm being yeah. bloody or something. It's like super cool camera work to show those, but you can't go on very long with those scenes. Or I think it, then it's kind of like self indulgent with just like killing kids, which yeah, are, which are in a private school, which kind of makes sense for their uniforms, I guess. But it just uh, makes for like some like hyper sexualized teens like running around being killed. I thought so that... I was like, let's keep this scene pretty short. So I thought it was yeah. really good that they kept. No, like I didn't want more hyper sexualization. <laughs> it's like I think there's a uh I mean it was a common criticism of the first purge is yeah. the idea that, of like, hey you set up a cool idea that's going on in the world and then all we did mostly was like follow one family. And it's like which that's you know which was, again, for budgetary reasons that they couldn't show more of. And then they and did that like in the, the girl, ensuing... The friend's mom strangling the friend. I mean, there's, you're right. It wasn't like a ton. You're not seeing, like, on a global scale or anything. If anything, they, they even seem pretty in the dark. Like, the two girls, when they first escaped the school, they're like, let's check out and see what's going on on TV. I wonder if we're going to get in trouble. It's like, oh, yeah, all that shit was behind them as they were running. Like, they didn't see all those people getting stabbed and strangled and shit. They're like, we're just trying to skip school. I thought... I thought Selma Blair was was solid. I thought Cage was caging it up. Oh. I just so like there has to be the proper like reasons and motivations for Cage to cage out. And I think I finally understand the like the contingency of people that like Cage but don't like a lot of his movies because it's just like in the wrong context or just like without the right window dressing, it just feels kind of weird. Yeah, no, like, as a, as a diehard fan, like, there are movies out there that he's made that are stinkers, where it's like, they, maybe he just, this just seemed fun, but all the right pieces were Well, he also there. infamously just needs money and will take it. He's got a pretty yeah. expensive lifestyle, I think is the nice way to say that. But yeah, who, who, I would say, who doesn't have an expensive lifestyle, but, like, they just don't have the opportunity to work like Nick Cage does. Like, yeah, I this is not on yeah. Nick Cage. Like, this is just kind of stating out facts. For sure. No, yeah, he's got some some ones that are kind of touch and go there. And I really liked, we watched earlier this year, Color Out of Space. Really oh, liked yeah, that. that Mandy's awesome. If you haven't seen Mandy, I think we briefly mentioned it on this podcast before. Go watch Mandy. We can't do that because people have seen it. Yeah. These rules are really restricting us a little bit. That's the integrity of the pod. Though. Yeah, and we gotta, we've got Except our integrity for, and that's uh, the assassination and <laughs> no country. We broke the rules that way. Yeah, a little bit, but neither of us is. I still have not seen either. True. Okay, so we have broke. I broke the rules. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's not a big deal. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I can't find a lot of reasons I would recommend seeing this movie to anyone. Oh, no, this is a fun one. But I can't simultaneously say, like, avoid it like the play. It's a very middling, mediocre movie to me whose existence is just, like, I guess to let the crank guy keep making weird action-y movies, like the premise didn't live up to it. The, I wanted more action or like horror elements. And then like, yeah, the way it tried to get somewhat existential with his midlife crisis and her. And it's like them kind of ruminating and like, why even exist? Blah, blah, blah. And then freaking out about that. But ultimately it was meaningless. Just like, oh man. The ending wasn't terrible. I didn't hate the ending. That's that's for sure. I mean, you, you're saying it's it's meaningless. I mean, I thought I saw again. I thought those things were pretty flushed out. Like, I don't think anything's gonna. When you say meaningless, like you didn't come away from this like holding anything. Like, I get that, I suppose. But I, the just the juxtaposition of what felt like ham-fisted, not great existential writing. Like the writing itself, the dialogue, his speech is like. Don't get me wrong, Cage's. He just milking everything he can yeah, him and him from that, both, yeah. that speech. But I don't think the writing in it is especially good. And on top of that, it juxtaposed against this dark black comedy. Felt weird, like just play off the tropes and make a tight horror comedy action. Like that's, I guess, what would be my note here. I mean, I, I get what you're saying in... Like those, those are elements from like maybe a drama, that kind of thing. I mean, like, is that what you're saying? Like it's out of place in an action thriller? Like, yeah, it just so it didn't make it felt unearned and yeah. it felt just like an unnecessary. See, I I like, think it's super necessary because I mean I, I guess you would believe as an audience member like 
hey, you know, uh, mania is happening, everybody's just crazy and murderous. Like, are we all in for the ride? I, I mean, I suppose everybody would be in for that movie already, but mm-hmm. I just think all of those things, like, backed up and just lent, you know, credence uh, to just the fact that, like, they're under a crazy emotional <coughs> stress. He, like, loves, but clearly hates the shit out of his kids, which is probably, like, you know, I, I'm not a parent, but... But no, what no parent will ever admit to is that it, they hate it. They love it, but of course they hate it too. It like you can't say it's the most difficult, most you know, uh, time-consuming things that press your emotions beyond measure, and then say you don't hate it. So, so like I, I just thought that kind of that just shined through with that backstory. I think there's just other ways. Able to, to I think it. there's better, like there's way smarter ways to do that subtly. You don't need. A goddamn monologue in the it middle. Was, it was it was one. I mean, you don't need like it's that to me. You it was this breaking point moment. I think is, what, is all I'd say. To me, what the movie should have been and again, if I'm going to offer like how I would sure. have done it is yeah, like make it more of a genre movie, quote unquote. Make it like here's the premise. This is what this is what it is, and it's going to feel like you, the audience, are kind of inside the sandbox of the craziness that we've created, mm. and this is like cool shit that's going on. I honestly didn't care for a lot of the camera work. Um, not, not. Oh, wow. I like. I didn't think the cuts and whatnot are that special. Like, I get it. I get what he was going for with some of them. I just thought they didn't land. Like when the camera goes down the stairs early on, it felt so like there's some of those. Of place there, it's very like zoomed in. You yeah. don't see anyone's torso. This entire movie, <laughs> like every camera is just yeah. like these could have been just like just two busts of people just in every scene just fighting. But, but I, I get what you're saying, I, I guess, about the speech and whatnot, but I would counter that most of the moments where Nick Cage is on screen, other than that flashback, is action. It's him, like, going to town with a mm-hmm. saw, or... Yeah, so, I mean, I think the two big, the two big, like, in Selma Blair's isn't as much of a monologue, but her whole scene with the job, and then her talk with the, her friend at yoga, the fact that that mom... Like, also... There's no real reason to root for or against anyone in the movie, so it's just kind of like... Yeah, I didn't think so either. I thought it was just a fun... Okay, we're just watching this, I guess, which is, again, that's fine, but, like, oh, I love it. if that's... If there's no motivations, there's no reason to root anybody, root for anybody, what's there that we're just observing better be really, really good, and I just don't think it was. Okay. Like, I, I didn't... Again, Cage was fine, overacted, of course, but, like, that script was calling for it. They That's clearly insane. wanted him to be that version the of only, him. The only person, and, and I thought about, uh, I'm going to counter uh, what I said earlier about no one else could play this. I, I was thinking about it as as it ended, and you brought him up last week, so I'll, I'll call him your boy. Edward Norton, I think, is the only other person that could like take <laughs> this and make it as crazy as Cage without it like you know going with, off the rails. For the record, I'm fine with Edward Norton being my boy. I'll have him in my yeah, corner of right, actors first, yeah. every day of the week. I can't lay dibs to Cage, so he's on team. Yeah, Cage is me. He's on team Andy. He him trapped and, him and Daniel Day Lewis. Those are my two guys. I'm fine with that. But, come on, you, you just take Day Lewis. Damn it! That's you, get third, you get third pick. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Wait, third pick. Oh. Oh, because you picked him first and second. Yeah, or or you have you have I'm Teller too. Baby. Yeah, Miles Teller. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you already said when you were if you were a director that'd be your guy. My my Ethan Hawk. That would be your guy. Yeah, yeah. the way the Hawk to Linklater. Yeah, yeah, just like the way that this this movie pictures like getting old and aging and having children. It doesn't frame any of that in a good light. Like even if you're you're handling it well and adapting, like you know, I mean, even if you think like the the. Uh, monologue is is cheesy or whatever like that is a pretty i think an accurate phrase though like when you're living that way and he, he nick cage even says like i know i'm doing it right it's just hard to like take it all in because it's like oh such a big place there's so many things you can go and do that anything you choose you're going to be missing out on some things and it's like ah but what about that i should go do some of that too and i think he's just having that and i thought that monologue was good for it but anyway he says and i quote 
I was gonna grab life by the balls, and the way he says it is so dumb, and He's it's not Cage's fault. An error scrotum. Like that doesn't need to be in your monologue. Like it just makes your character come across as a douchebag. He's having well, he's having a, a rock man moment. He's got his misfit shirt on. Yeah. Oh god, I, I thought that was funny too. <laughs> that he had the misfits. I wouldn't on. picture him for a misfits fan. Even even like you know rocking out like nah. I think they were just trying to like position him as like. A suburban dad yeah. that thought he was cool and is like wearing a picture. You know what? I, I want that flashback of him like doing donuts while that like girl's like you know. Oh, we like, forgot about that. God, that was so weird. That was man. a crazy flashback where he's like you know thinking about himself as a teen, like because he has a car. He has like an old Grand Am or whatever that he treasures, and the wife hates it because you know it's from his youth, and he's presumably had a lot of girlfriends in the car or whatever. And he flashes back to one of those moments. I was just thinking, like, that would have been great in, like, boyhood. When, like, Ethan Hawke, like, once he's wearing his cap, Ethan has to drive the minivan. He's just thinking of his car like that. No, boyhood does not just need... Just that. <laughs> do not take any notes from mom and dad. Please. Keep doing you. Yeah, that was weird. Thank you for bringing that yeah, up. That, was, that, I, that was, totally escaped my mind. But it was, it was crazy, but I also thought, like, good job finding a guy who looks like a young Nick Cage. Like, not a lot of people look like Nick Cage. That was unnecessary, too. See, like, there's so much I would cut, but then I'd want to add more. But basically, if the studio is like, this is a, a sunk cost, it feels like, but yeah. you don't really want to sink it. And they joss weed in my ass, and they brought me in, <laughs> and they kicked Brian Taylor out as the Zack Snyder in this scenario, and we're like, fix this film. With, like Justice League and with Joss Whedon, I would have done a lot of rewrites, and <laughs> it probably wouldn't have been quite as crass, I guess. I, I don't know. It, but it wasn't, like, I didn't hate it for being too crass in some points. I just didn't get, like, it just, again, I think the perfect way to encapsulate how I felt was it was only all over the place. I just wanted it to be more consistent. I like that out of my movies a little bit more. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I get that. And it does seem like some of the movies you recommended have been tonally all over the place. Like, you... I, I like a fun experience. You do not yeah. care about tone whatsoever. It, not all the time. Like I, I, like we talk about, you know, there's different genres out there, things like that. I can go into a movie wanting a different thing, like I want a different experience out of it, than I do, you know, versus a different movie. And so I can, and I mean, not suspend it, uh, disbelief or anything like that when I watch a silly movie, but that's, that's even a disservice calling this a silly movie because it's... Oh, it's, I don't think it's a disservice at all. This the, movie is... It's it's silly, but I mean for the right reasons, and it very is tongue in cheek with how silly it is. Like you, like this Lance Henderson's head smashes like a pumpkin. So you want more action out of this? Like his head like caves in on the hood of the car. But it's like you say that, but think about how much of the setup like has zero action, and then how much you say that it's it's only like an hour and seventeen minutes. But there's like so 25 minutes before anything happens. 25 to 30 minutes before we actually get that. You're learning scene. characters. Yeah, I mean you have to have some of that. I mean, that, I think we, I would say that's what makes the purge not good and not memorable is you don't remember any of the characters. You don't remember what they look like. You just get right. It's like Saw. You just get right into those movies. I prefer. I definitely prefer the third purge over this. I, you know, I, I, I only saw the first, but I actually never saw any of them after. Electioneer Solid. I prefer that over this. Is that the one where they're like in 1776 or whatever? No. Oh, that's the first purge, I would assume. Yeah. Damn it. Which one did I like? It was or Electioneer or Purge. purge. Experts. Yeah. No, Final Destinations? <laughs> Your guy. I saw two, and I was like, I, I, like those I feel kid. like that's. I've gotten the Final Destination experience out of two alone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That, that was kind of like the apex, I feel like, the final destination. Like, you know, we're talking about the camera work and, and things like that, but there's a lot of eerie shots throughout that I, I don't think there was... I think they just had to... He did such a good job of not letting you relax through any of this movie. Like, we also didn't talk about the fact that Selma Blair's sister gives birth during this movie, and, like, the lady starts to, like, you know, like, try to crush the baby, which is weird. Thankfully, she doesn't regard you because she doesn't anything. But just crazy, just crazy scenes all together. And like so, so, but whether it's that or even just the camera work of um, uh, like Damon, the 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 friend in school, that ends up kind of like being the hero. He's he has like a single dad who's like a deadbeat drunk, you know, beating him or whatever. Yeah. And even just the little little things that maybe other directors would miss, like you know, he pulls like a beer can out of his dad's hand, who's like drunk and you know uh, crumbled up on the couch, and then his hand like you know 
it looked like a spider. He kind of like crinkled his hand all like weird yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, you know, little things. I know that's not maybe something you need to bring a ton of attention to, but it was just tons of those things throughout. I just feel like that's basic director stuff that I see all the time, though. I feel like, it, I mean, basic things. Yeah, it's not like, you know, groundbreaking, you know, thoughts or anything like that, but. I feel like I don't see him as much as it go or or you know, I'm I'm constantly looking for shit like that though. Yeah. Maybe that's the difference here. And I watch a ton of bad horrors too, so you, I usually you swim in like a lot of <laughs> you swim in the trash a little bit more to speak. With horror for sure. Like horror even with all your Nick Cage, like I don't watch a lot of badly reviewed movies unless they're superhero movies. Nick Cage is I mean I guess going to be one of the. Uh, I can show you some trash. We can watch Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. That that may be on the docket this summer. (laughs) No, I mean, no, trust me, like, I'm not not out usually watching the bad stuff either. Like, that laundry list of movies I gave to you, those were were winners. You watch any of those and you you thank me, I promise. But Nicolas Cage, I just just like him top to bottom. And this one is just also, I think, a solid movie. But we're going to get back up. Yeah, I, I mean, I digress. I, like I said, I didn't hate it. I'm not. That this wasn't Event Horizon. I wasn't offended by its existence. Like there was no- my notes were actual notes. It wasn't don't make the movie. It's like okay, I kind of see what you're going for here. This is what I would do differently. I like how you you're learning like backstory and exposition, like the moment as it's happening, like the moment before. You don't like that? I thought all opinion. the backstory and exposition was so fucking unnecessary. Oh, no. <laughs> like I guess I'm talking about even just the little things, like Nicolas Cage going to like find his gun. And then the gun's just not in the case, and then like multiple gunshots, and then you're getting a quick backstory. About, okay, like oh shit, the kid. You know. That cutback was funny. That's why it was good because the kid. Times. Yeah. That was the only good one to me. Was the kid? Uh, was the kid sitting there playing in his underwear that with was, the gun? That was funny. Yeah, he was just like you know, one dirty area or whatever he's supposed to be. And then they did it again, like when the girl's like flashing back to like handing you know her drug dealer cash, and then it's like flashback to her stealing the cash from Selma Blair. And then Selma Blair looking that, for the cash. That was whatever. just, like, super unnecessary. I felt like we, 100%, whenever she's like, oh, I'm missing 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then the other the other mom's like, yeah, she probably steals from you. But you get it at that point. She stole. We didn't, because then it, not only did we get the scene in the bathroom with, with the drug deal, which was fine because that was happening in real time, but then we had, like, a re-flashback of it later, like, further establishing if you didn't get that, the kid stole from the mom. Like, yeah, we had it already. Jeez. That money is gone. So I, I don't know. Like, it was just, it's weird because for someone that's made as many movies as I imagine he has or co-directed, um, and I don't know, I haven't seen his full filmography, but if he did several of the cranks, he's already got decent experience and it just wasn't very good. Like, I, like, there was some things, of course, where I was like, yeah, solid directing and there were, there were just a lot of moments where it's like, what are you, I don't know if he has, he has a lot less involvement of the screenwriting, or not the screenwriting process, but like really being able to, did he not have a lot of input on how the story was going to turn out? I imagine he was in the editor's room, like having a say in all this, and it just didn't feel very cohesive. Again, just totally all over the place for me. So that for those reasons, it was kind of, eh, no, I, I can hear me. That. You know, and I, we're not talking enough, just, I mean, did it, make you laugh very often like Cage's performance at all just like like when he's covered in like blood and Cheerios just I I don't know I, was, I loved every bit of that wasn't that funny to me oh man I, the movie I think I got what about Kendall Kendall's not even a real name that was funny thank god Kendall's I, 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 I forgot about that joke that makes me laugh so hard every time because it's so vague and dumb and but it's also like so personal like my mom has wanted to say that for 20 years the second the second they like unveiled the name Kendall. I had an eye roll because that's so. Of course, whenever it's like Kendall's not even a real name, I that that was one of my laughs. The little boy got a chuckle out of me whenever they uh, cut back to the gun scene. Yeah, it, it got like three or four laughs. I, I like, and they weren't yeah. like heavy laughs, but it was just like, oh, that was funny. <laughs> uh, him like Nicholas Cage running around like barking, like chasing after his son. That's always fun. It's gets good laughs out of me. One of like. Okay, so I guess I, I'll talk about the few things that I did have, a, like, a slight plot problem with. And, I mean, it's really slight because... You're going to give this movie a high rank. I damn sure am. Yeah, oh, I, I love this one. This one's very fun for me. But, like, like you know, they're, they're stuck behind the door. Like, it's a pretty flimsy basement door. Like, he recently had a sledgehammer that he just went to town, like, on a pool table. Like, you could sledge that door apart. The whole like, standoff is done. Yeah, like, like maybe find a different way to do that a little also, bit. But even then... He's dead after opening that door. 
Yeah, a fire blast. But yeah, like that's... That slow-mo, like, face wobbly fire blast, that was so cool. Loved it. Well, then he gets back up, so my point was like, oh, well... They're a little toasty. I know this isn't realistic, but come on, man, that, yeah. that's killing you. Maybe, like, or or maybe just, like... Or at least singe his... Yeah, his whole well, face would be, like, gone. Like, at least get some nasty aesthetic makeup, yeah, like, you know? up or something. Yeah. Like one of those, and then when they're they're in the garage fighting, like the like, oh yeah, because Lance Henriksen and his wife, they're they're the you know mom and dad. They come to town and they're attacking Nicolas Cage as well because yeah, it transcends generation. Mm-hmm. And then they're fighting in the garage, whatever. And the kid starts the car up, and I hate this in movies. I hate it. I hate it, it when the keys to a car are just in the visor, and you can undo the visor, and they just fall down into your lap. <laughs> Have you? No one ever in the history of history has ever stored their keys that way. And movies always think people store their keys that way. Like that frustrates me the same way that like in like horror movies, it didn't happen in this one, but like in horror movies, like if the main characters like had enough of it, they're just really spooked yeah. out or whatever, and they go into the bathroom and they've got to like splash water in their face, like. Who's ever splashed water in their face? Like, hey, I'm having a tough time. I need to just like get really wet all of a sudden. I've done it to wake up before. I haven't I've really. On later yet. I thought that always seems like the craziest fake shit to me. But okay, okay, Maybe I stand corrected on that. I mean, I've never been hunted by like a demon in a horror movie, so I don't know how that would help. But when I'm trying to stay awake, and it's like I'm when I was a kid, and pulling on later, yeah. sometimes it would just be like your eyes are closing on. It's just like. I have done that. Can't confirm. Okay, but, okay, no, I appreciate that. Thank you. Because apparently, I sound like a fool right against the the face flashing. Yeah, see, the standoff was dumb. The one thing I like, the one good scene that came out of the standoff was there was like a lot of tension when she's like putting her finger, yeah, to see, and then the mom. But it was I, just like, yeah, oh, oh my god, that, that was going to be thought so it was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there was a couple of those. Um, I I cringed really bad at the uh, the coat hanger through the through Damon's cheek. That hurts yeah. so bad. Um, I had, like, um, looked away real quick for something. I had oh, yeah, I know that. No, so, like, when I came, like, I looked back real quick, and all of a sudden, it was, like, that, that one-and-a-half-second period where it occurred. I'm like, ah, it just happens on screen. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I yelled almost as loud as I did in Hereditary. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, that, the Hereditary was just, like, Emily, like, came running from the other room. Like, what, what, what's happening? What's happening? I'm like, nothing. My movie, I'll tell you later. <laughs> Oh, has she not? But she watched Hereditary, I thought. With me on my second and third watch. She loved that movie after I'd, I'd watched it already, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, um, fun fact, because I, I did go through the IMDb just because I was like really interested in this movie. There's not a ton of facts at all, really. Um, but just the only one I really thought was worth writing down is this was Nicolas Cage's favorite movie he did in 10 years, he said, when he filmed this one. Oh. I haven't done anything as this fun in 10 years. And then he did Mandy shortly after. And and I did that. Gotta, hey, yeah, I gotta imagine you had a lot of fun on Mandy. Yeah. You would think maybe it was kind of boring though. Who knows? I can't imagine. Yeah, I, I don't think it would have been. But <laughs> I he does anything wrong. And in um, twenty twenty, let's put a book in uh, twenty twenty six. Nick Cage will say the best movie I've ever been on was Doom, the movie with Tyler, with Tyler <laughs> directing it. And he's, Andy, and he's going to be like commentary. I didn't know there were that many ways to kill demons. <laughs> I didn't know it would be this much fun screaming into the <laughs> void with a shotgun while hell is in the background. And I'll be like, you're welcome, Nick Cage. You're welcome, bro. Nobody steal my fucking idea. <laughs> this uh, is me and Nick's moment. The lady pushing her baby stroller in front of the car. That was that was scary. That was cool. Yeah, where she's just like, the mom is driving furiously and passing, and the lady just like a rollerblading. <laughs> yeah, like suicide launches her baby. Luckily, no babies were, were harmed. But. God. It like... I know that's a law. You can't show the the like murder of children of course, on yeah. screen. Yeah, yeah. But when that hospital scene was happening, it was like that thought evacuated my mind, and instead was like, "Oh my god, what's about to happen?" That baby. And then like all the the shot of like all those like dads like leering at those babies, like God, that didn't make you uncomfortable. I, oh, it made me a little uncomfortable. I, I, it did made in the, in a good way, yeah. But like horror movie logic would suggest that they'd be like breaking that. That glass, you know, because the parents at school were like climbing over. Yeah, but the like the laws on how it affects parents and like their ability to get Super over uneven. it. It is like yeah, there, there's kind of like uh, you know, think you've used the term like power level, you know, whatever yeah. problems with it. Where it's like she seems Selma Blair seems to get over it earlier than the rest, like because she's, she loves them. She's more. got a good mom, she's, so she's got a super high. Power yeah, level. like she, yeah. Yeah, does it right, you know, is Lord of the Husband, whatever, all those things. Um, and I, I just thought the ending was cool, how it did kind of the cut to black without 
finishing the words. He's like, you know, sometimes we just want to kill you, and of course they don't think you. But I don't think you you gotta you've gotta take this film to task a little bit for not explaining any of the mytho the mythos or the ethos of like how it works because you were super particular about how it follows lore work. No, because they when you when you okay, I, I can see how you'd say that. Yeah, sure, sure. So if you explain it a little bit and you open that door up, then you kind of then you I think you open yourself up for the argument of like, well, then explain further, like do that. This one, there was zero anything. You know, an hour and fifteen minutes. Like, hey, let's just see some crazy stuff go on. So I I, I can get by it for that reason. Um, I'm trying to think of like other zombie movies. Like, it did. You can't like, say it like, doesn't. Twenty-eight days later, there's it, no explanation. You can't say it has zero explanation because while there is, I agree with you in that there's no overt narrative necessarily, like a narrator coming on and going, mm. "Well, this is what happened." Or while they don't necessarily address it as the characters, the way the film does address it is by the constant background movies, <laughs> and you have those like, "Why did the experts have to have like such a weird sounding, weird fake sounding accent?" Yeah, like what was it like Swedish or something? They're just like we do not know why this. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's my true, terrible yeah. accent. But yeah, they're just like we do not know why this incident has occurred, and they're all like giving terrible, like weird reasons, and it's just like, okay, I mean, well, I could have dealt with it without any of that instead. True, I I get I hundred percent get what you're saying. I guess I I, I guess I wouldn't say it, it, that that's really explaining it much as much as it's kind of just almost like a framing device. Because I think if you don't have that, then there's just the people. That are mad that you don't have any info at all, but it didn't. I don't think it explained anything or brought yeah, it to the it, table. I mean, I think it tried to explain. I think it it tried to reiterate like that people in this universe are confused as well. But it's like, okay, but what's the point of showing that they're also confused if we don't get an explanation? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I digress. I, I, I guess I, I, I I'm not trying to dismiss what you're saying at all. I, I guess the only re- one of the other reasons I'm okay with getting past not having the info is it's also like over in 24. Like it isn't going to be the end of the world or something okay. on that grand scale. But nobody explains that it's a 24-hour thing. Not a single character mentions that it's 24 hours. You got that from the description, which I did as well. So why wasn't it talked about in the film? Well, and that it was, was ending. I mean... No, we don't get it as ending. He's still clearly mad. Like, the 24 hours hasn't occurred when they wrap up, uh, tie up the parents. So it's just like, okay, well, why mention 24 hours at all? Why I guess you're right. They don't show them, like, untying and hugging and loving each other. I guess I Which, for the record, that ended would have sucked. I'm glad they just cut it where they did. To be, keep it crazy, yeah, yeah, don't, don't lose that tempo at all. Like, But I, I guess I just took it without any question in my mind that it's over now and the world will start rebuilding. My, my actual thought of it is I loved how it ended. Almost keep it at that crazy high. And what came to mind was different movie, but a comedy, horror, thriller, whatever, a Shaun of the Dead. Where you have all these, you know, heights and whatever. Have you seen that one? Uh, yeah, Shaun of the Dead is way better than this. Okay, well, well, yeah. So the the ending of Shaun of the Dead though kills the momentum of that one for me, and I think it takes it down a little bit. Where you're kind of just seeing a nice bow put on the movie, and this is how society moved on. Like I'm, we can kind of figure those things out anyway. I think a lot of times, not trying to take any away from Shaun of the Dead. I, I love that movie also. Uh, I love everything Edgar Wright does, but I'm just I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't bother me at all. I don't. I think guess I'm trying to explain it to myself too. I don't think that that movie goes out on its highest highs, but I think that's okay. Yeah. But I mean, you want to score this bad boy? Yeah, if Before you're ready, we, let's do we're it. We're almost five in. Cool. You want me to go first? I'm go first. You go ahead. Five and a half. Oh boy. Okay. I think wait, 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 wait. This is going to be our, our maybe our most. It hasn't happened yet, so I have to get you back. This is a five. That's where under the silver lake. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, that, that's okay. Do it. Do it on this one, then I suppose. Um. <laughs> I, I, the things that I took away from it, um, I said it kind of at the top. Like I, I wish he would have done a little bit more with like the destroying of cameras and things like that. But I also got a look at the budget and then what this one made, and it wasn't very high. So maybe that is what he wanted to do and just couldn't. Like because even if they're you're destroying one or two, like those, I still think it's still got to be pretty pricey. Yeah. Like so either that that's got to be a. Uh, Rel- relatively restricting, but anyway, that, that was really the only thing I would want to take. <laughs> and the uh, we we didn't bring up the fact that the teenage girl, who's I think the time stamp must be like sixteen or seventeen, refers to having her period as being on the rag, which that's some shit 
I did not some hear shit that email writing. <laughs> that was clearly just some some man nerd. Like, yeah, no, sixteen year old, especially to her parents. Like, she's talking to her parent, mom, and dad about that. Like, she's not referring to it that way. So, good catch. I did not just that. just some little minor things there. But I mean, this also isn't really one for the ladies either. You know, but I I, I didn't think the female characters were written poorly. So I, I thought everything did good. Uh, it was a nine seven for me. I love this movie. Very good movie. For the listeners, I am shocked. He's speechless, folks. I knew Almost it was as gonna, much as Black Snake. I knew maybe it was more so. Yeah, this is more shocked. Black Snake was more humorous to me. It's rating. <laughs> this is definitely a better film than Black Snake. No denying that. For me, it scored twice as much as Black oh, Snake. Oh yeah, would you? Oh, you get Black Snake like two and a half. Yeah, yeah. That, no, that was bad. Yeah. That was technically, I think, a bigger divide. Yeah, because that's you, you gave it an eight. It's five and a half I point difference. Yeah. This is. Oh, this is close. It's 4.7. Oh, yep. We're in not, there. Not quite as divisive. My, my title will not be this is our second most okay. divisive film. I'm trying to think of another fun pun or something. So, let me let me lock those in the vault. Oh, yeah. I can't forget this week. There we go. So, at average that, what is that? Five and so 4.7. So, that's 2.35. So, low sevens. So, it's a, yeah, it's a 7.35. Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah. 7.3, I guess, because we don't have the 20, we don't have the 100 point scale. So yeah, seven point three is what it averages out to. That is high, man. I thought this was also we, we talk about a lot of stuff. I also didn't think there was one bad child actor, and I can't say that about any movie I've seen that has children in it recently. Even the good coming of age ones that I've rated high, there's some stinkers in there. I thought the main girl was good. The son was good. Uh, Damon, the like boyfriend love interest of her, was good. And then even the friend who's kind of she doesn't have much to do. She just gets old, but. No, I thought the friend was bad. Oh, did you? I thought she was I thought they kept her pretty pretty minimal, but yeah. I, uh, yeah. I thought kids were pretty good. 9-7. I'm, I'm still blown away. I, just, okay. I was speechless. That's why I have zero. I love Nicolas Cage. You knew it was coming. Oh, oh, oh. Nicolas Cage not. movie count. Yeah, let's, let's give the viewers. Take a guess. Take a guess. Just, just for the fuck of it. 37. It's 37. Fuck yeah! It's I can't believe I just got that. <laughs> it's 37, yeah. Oh my god. Holy I, shit. That was not faked nope. anything, guys. I it's had not seen fake the list. list. Oh my god. That you were feeling it. I, I almost went 27, and I was like, no, I feel like you scratched a lot. I almost wanted to lie just so it didn't seem seem fake. Nope, it was 37. That's crazy. That's, oh man. Yeah, he's got like easily like 70 something, and most of the ones I haven't seen are like from 80 to 90. He's got a lot of those. But I have seen like the really good ones, like. Um, I think you should be both proud and ashamed that you've seen, seen that many um, good. Like, I was trying to explain that to Emily. Like, just our generation doesn't know him the way other ones do. And I'm not trying to seem like I'm a pastor or whatever. But I mean, like, he was a legit, honest to goodness oh, sex symbol. And I was trying to explain that to Emily. She's like, get the fuck out of here with that. I'm like, we're going to watch Valley Girl at some point. I watched uh, uh, one called Birdie with him and Matthew Modine, where the, he's like, coming back from Vietnam, and he's shattered and stuff like that, and he's like a legit great PTSD Vietnam vet. Nicholas Cage just, just, because it's a crazy, you know, guy with PTSD. He's yeah, great. I mean, what did he win his Oscar for? Uh, Leaving Las Vegas. That's a great one with him and uh, Elizabeth Shue, where he's like an alcoholic writer, just like, slowly killing himself with alcohol, and... I'd be down to watch that. That's a, That one's really bleak. That was, it, it's a good movie, I'd though. I'd still yeah. be down to watch it. Sure. Uh, yeah. I, I like Nick Cage. I just haven't seen a lot of him. Didn't hate this. Didn't hate him. Didn't hate this. I feel like five is a fair score. Like I think five is about what most folks were giving it. This one wasn't very great on uh, Google. Yeah, it's it was like a seventy-eight. But rock. on tomatoes, is, yeah, yeah. This one is. Uh, and that's one of those cross sections where the algorithm, the way it works, is like all they had to do was like it. So I think right, anything yeah. considered is considered passing is like a hundred. Like that's a thumbs up essentially. So a six or above the way someone reviews it gets counted as fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. That's right. And so a lot of people are just like, yeah, it's decent. It's a six. And then that'll give you like a 78%, you know. So in this scenario, I don't even know if when we eventually get validated by Rotten Tomatoes, I wonder if they'll split up our scores or if they'll just like merge them together. I wonder if I'll have to submit a list. I'll submit the list. And I wonder oh, yeah. if the, they'll aggregate ours or if that that it'll be like we each have individual ones and we offset each other. Scenarios like Black Snake Moan. <laughs> that was it. That was the episode, guys. Do you have anything? Would do you want to list your movies, Andy, or do you just want to? 
well, list all my 37 Nicolas Cage movies? No, I didn't write you them all down. Four. Oh, okay. You just okay. You just counted them. Yeah, I was just saying I was a couple say, of them I love. Yeah, Birdie's great. Um, I mean, of course, Mandy, Color Out of Space. The, the, a lot of recent ones are, okay. are the ones that are fresh in my mind. But Favorite Cage film? Come to your head. You, I mean, you, you don't have too long to think about it. Yeah, for Mandy. That, yeah. Yeah, Mandy. It has to be Mandy, Mandy yeah. yeah it's, it's close, but it's Mandy. But what's, like, second? What was the one that was really right there? It, it's a tie between... Uh, I, I really liked him in Color Out of Space as well. Just that, that really... Uh, uh, I, I like eight millimeter. It's a weird movie where he's like, uh, you know, underground, like the underworld of like the porn industry. Like, kind oh, of like it was like early Joaquin Phoenix. Actually, it was like Joaquin Phoenix's first movie. Too. That one's really good. Birdie, the one that I just mentioned, Raising Arizona. Of course, everybody I, loves Raising. I, I that's a Coen, it's Coen Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's not great in it, but my 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 guy, one of my boys, Werner Herzog. He he's Nicholas Cage's in uh, uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, which is a Werner Herzog movie. And, Cage isn't good in that. No, he's good. Oh, I thought you said he's not very good. No, no, he's good. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Do you, in your opinion, what are Cage's like? You've seen a lot. What's the worst Cage performance? Not movie, but like his isolated performance. Him doing just plain bad. Um, do you think he's a good action star? Like, do you think God in sixty seconds was bad? I've oh, never he's seen a, it. no, he's a legit action star. I've never like, seen that. We, have, we, we haven't it. talked about. Um, I, I think the big ones that come to everybody's mind are Face Off and Con Air, but I think everyone talks about those so much that I was kind of like, yeah, I'll just give God in sixty pass. seconds is God in sixty seconds is good. Of, I would say with those two. Yeah, that was a good like PG. That was a PG thirteen, I think. Right. I think is Angelina Jolie in that? I think so. Yeah, that one's kind of like a. a Jeez, the odds were a weird time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, strange time for movies. Yeah, but I, I just think like probably if I had to say one definitive Nick Cage stinker, stay away from one called Between Worlds. That one's a that one's boo. Knowing sucks. I thought that one was okay. I did not care for okay. it. Yeah, uh, it, it was cool seeing the like, Mandy. planes going down. Oh, no, way different character. I didn't. I don't like. Like he gets clearly the, like those ones where he's catching a big paycheck, and maybe it seems like a lot of fun too. But I just don't think those are the real fun roles. Even like National Treasure, those are the ones that are like oh, I think National Treasures is, is fun. That's not even about fun of a role though. Like that could be anybody playing that guy, and you're still fine with that movie. I think most people are, but yeah, it's think, a dumb movie. But I like mm, Cage in it. Sure. Or like Sorcerer's Apprentice. Like even Bones. Like, God, that, I haven't seen that. That, but that, that one's okay. Awful. I saw that when I was a kid. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Stay tuned. Uh, this is, again, going up on Wednesday. and It's coming up Saturday. You'll have the spectacular now. Following Wednesday, one of the Thalmor Logan following Saturday. Same. Everything after that is open. We're really yeah, looking cool. for blockbusters. So if there's any higher-known stuff, Andy probably hasn't seen a lot of it. So by all means, give suggestions. Or if it's artsy stuff or just like older stuff, I haven't seen a lot of that. So by all means, suggest that. azmovieclub at gmail.com or Arizona Movie Club at Twitter. Or on Twitter. Uh, is there anything else you have to say to the people before we, we head out on this one, Andy? Uh, nope. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I uh, hope we can do more Nick Cage movies. Yeah, we, we really do appreciate the views. Please tell your tell everyone, like, subscribe, help boost up us. But boost us up in the algorithm. We really do appreciate it, though, guys. Have a good night, day, week, whatever. Thanks, guys.